Hope everyone's having a good Friday. Hey, Laura, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good. Super smooth logging on this time. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you got used to IG Live. I feel like more <laughs> and more people are doing it, and it's it's a great way to do these kind of interviews. So again, thanks for thanks for joining us. Oh my goodness! Thank you for having me on today. This is such a joy to be able to be on and talk about cancer research with you. Yeah, no, it's 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 very exciting. And you know, as everyone's logging on, I'm just going to do a brief um, introduction about you and the V Foundation, so everyone has an idea of what we're talking about. Um, so today, we're lucky to have Laura Grelick. Is that how you pronounce it, Grelick? It's Grelk. Grelk, okay, perfect. Laura Grelk, uh, who is uh, manager of communications for the V Foundation uh, for Cancer Research. Uh, for those of you who don't know the V Foundation, it's one of the most successful cancer research foundations in the world. Uh, it was founded in 1993 by ESPN, the legendary basketball coach Jim Valvano, uh, with one goal in mind, and that was to achieve victory over cancer. The mission of the V Foundation is to fund game changing research to accelerate victory over cancer and save lives. Uh, fortunately, as many of us know, treatment options uh, for cancer have improved significantly over the last several decades. Uh, for example, mortality rates from lung, breast, prostate, colorectal, and melanoma cancer have declined between 26 and 53% over the last two decades, which is really outstanding. Uh, a lot of these improvements are made possible due to breakthrough in cancer research, uh, finding better ways to detect cancer, um, uh, how to prevent it, screening tools, uh, and really targeted therapies. And while there's no cures yet, uh, obviously the goal of the V Foundation is to work towards that. The V Foundation awards competitive grants through a process vetted by uh, a world-renowned scientific advisory committee. Uh, it has some of the nation's top doctors and scientists. Since its formation, the V Foundation has grown into the, one of the world's premier cancer uh, foundations. They've awarded more than $260 million in cancer research grants to more than 154 institutions in 40 states as well as Canada. Uh, uniquely, the V Foundation uh, covers all um, administrative costs through their endowment. So 100% of direct donations go towards research, not overhead. And that's truly unique. We're going to talk about that. Uh, so really want to say congrats to Laura, her team, everything they've done. Obviously, this V Foundation is such a tremendous foundation, and we're going to get into how it grew up to be such a, a major entity. So again, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So just tell us a little bit, Laura, about how the V Foundation was first uh, founded back in 1993. Yeah, sure. So like you said, it all began in 93 with the legendary NC State basketball coach and ESPN commentator, Jim Valvano. And together with ESPN, we have the goal of achieving victory over cancer. It all started back at the ESPYs with Jim Valvano when he received the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage. And we've been going strong ever since that day. I am truly amazing. What was the initial, is there a dedicated mission statement about the V Foundation or is it all cancer, all research? Well, we do support all types of cancer research, but our mission is to truly fund all-star scientists in game-changing research to continue to accelerate victory over cancer. That's amazing. And, and tell us a little bit about Jim Valvano, how he inspired the foundation. For those of us who, who remember him as a coach, he was obviously very charismatic, fiery leader. Um, how is his how is his legend uh, and his aura kind of propelled this foundation forward? Yeah, sure. Well, Jim truly was a legendary leader. He knew how to connect with people and he knew how to motivate. And he knew that cancer research was the key to saving lives. 
you know, he said in his famous SB speech, he said, I need your help. We need your help. Cancer research may not save my life, but it may save the lives of my children. It may save someone you love. And those words hit home. Uh, we all know somebody affected by cancer. Jim's iconic words, you know, don't give up, don't ever give up. They continue to inspire so many people today. We hear from patients who are battling cancer and other people just going through life struggles who watch his speech and they continue to, to tell us that it gives them courage and hope. Um, his SB speech remains one of the top inspirational speeches of all time. And if you haven't watched it lately, I encourage you to do so. It is well worth the time and you can go to v.org and watch it and see it right off of our homepage. It just takes a few moments, but it's so worth it. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I can't agree enough. That speech, you could watch it a thousand times and every single time it's super motivational uh, about about making a difference in this world. Yes. Uh, tell us about the collaboration between ESPN and the V Foundation. Is it one in one? Are you guys completely collaborative? Or what is the relationship between the two entities? Yeah, well, sure. So ESPN is our founding partner. They remind, remain heavily intertwined with the V Foundation today. Uh, for 27 years, they've been partnering with us to highlight the impact of life-saving cancer research. We're lucky to have board members uh, like Jay Billis and Sage Steele, Dick Vitale, Robin Roberts. They play an active role in the direction of our organization, as well as they participate in our events and help us raise money for cancer research. They're wonderful ambassadors for the V Foundation, and they give so generously of their time. And then in addition, we work very closely on a day-to-day -day basis with ESPN's corporate citizenship team. Um, they help us plan major fundraising events for the year, like SBs and V Week, which are our two tentpole events. And I have to tell you, ESPN employees, they are so committed to the cause from the mailroom to the boardroom. The employees are passionate about raising awareness and funding for cancer research. And we are uh, so grateful to work with ESPN and have them as our partner. It, it's such a powerful you know, collaboration between the two. Having that, having that platform to really raise awareness is key. You know, there's so many different cancer foundations in this country, in this world, and very few reach your guys' success. What do you the success of the V Foundation to such rapid growth over a short period of time? I mean, is it just leadership? Is it is it collaboration with ESPN? Is it your mission? Is it all the above? It is all the above, right? We've always had very strong leaders running the V Foundation. Um, our partners are fantastic. ESPN and our other partners like Constellation, Bristol-Myers Squibb, WWE, Hooters, UFC, um, you know, ESPN sharing their platforming with us to highlight the urgent need for cancer research is huge. And telling real life stories of how research affects people and, and in their lives, it makes such a difference. I, I think cancer is so relatable because we all know somebody who has been affected by cancer. And so sharing those stories is very important. And I think it's a combination of all those things that will continue to let us grow even more than we already have. I mean, one of the things that I was reading about your foundation that I thought was, was absolutely fascinating was the fact that you guys have an endowment that covers all of the operating costs of a, of, of a typical foundation. So that if someone wants to donate, you know, the big question is normally, where are my dollars going to? What percentage covers overhead and, and, and what have you? 
What's amazing is you guys, it's 100% of the direct donated dollars go towards cancer research. I think that's very important to highlight. If you can discuss the endowment. Works um, in terms of covering all those overhead costs. Absolutely. So our endowment is made possible by generous donors who choose to purposely fund our endowment to cover all of those operating and administrative costs. And then it allows our donors who want to just fund research know that every single penny of their donation is truly going to cancer research and <clears throat> programs. And I, I think the V Foundation is excellent stewards of the money that we receive. Um, just this past year is our 10th consecutive year for Charity Navigator giving us a four-star rating, which is the highest rating you can get. We're in the top 2% of all charities that are evaluated by Charity Navigator. So we are very good stewards of the money and it, it, it's comforting and helpful for our donors to know that they feel good about where their money is going to. Yeah, I think that's, that's such an important element there, knowing that every cent you give goes towards cancer as opposed to someone's salary or what have you. I, I, I think that's, that's an important part. Um, it's so, you know, federal funding is very limited when it comes to cancer, relatively. Uh, you know, why is it so important for these donations for fundraising through foundations like the V Foundation? You know, quite simply, because one in two men and one in three women in the United States will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. And this, as you know, it's, it's far too many. Uh, cancer, it's personal. Every one of us has been touched by cancer in some way. And we all have our own stories to tell of a friend or a loved one. We know that advancing cancer research is the only way we can make a difference. And so the funding is truly so important. We need that research to allow scientists to continue to detect cancer earlier and to develop treatments that zero in on the disease and with less debilitating side effects. We need everyone to be on the same team to support research. And I think that these discoveries in science and cancer research, it's, it's a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. All marathons have a finish line, and we can certainly get there, but we need everybody to work together and continue funding research. Um, we know that it's helping. We know, as you said earlier, the death rate for certain cancers is definitely reducing. But So we're seeing improvement, right? But we still have so many questions, and there's so much more work to be done. Yep, that's, we're, we are only getting started. Tell us a little bit about how you guys fundraise. Sure. Is there a mechanism? Do you guys have a protocol for fundraising? Yeah, we do. We Our two major events of the year we do with ESPN. There are tentpole events. There are the ESPYs coming up this summer in July, um, and then V-Week again in December. Although we fundraise throughout the year with different events, and um, anybody can fundraise for us through a, a backyard barbecue or a, a child's lemonade stand. Anybody can host a fundraiser for the V Foundation. Our tentpole events are truly our largest events. Um, we also have other large events like Dick Vitale is getting ready to do his pediatric cancer um, awareness gala tonight, uh, actually in Sarasota. And he is an amazing champion for the kids. He works tireless, tirelessly to raise money for research and at his gala raises money for us. Um, in addition, we also have another big event coming up, which I'd love to tell you about. It's called the Victory Ride to Cure Cancer. It's an annual event that anybody can participate in. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina on August 28th, you can participate in our um, in-person ride. We've got 10 and 30 mile routes on greenways for our beginner riders. And then for our avid cyclists, we've got 60 and 100 mile routes on roads. 
Uh, and if you can't join our live event, we have a My Victory virtual experience where you can ride and raise money for cancer research during the whole month of August. And you can participate um, in competitions that we have for people on our virtual team as well. And it truly is a way that everybody can come together in our communities to raise money for cancer re research. All rider raised funds from the event, whether you participate virtually or in person, they go to Nationwide Cancer Research. So you can go to thevictoryride.org for more details if anybody is interested in participating in the event. That's so great. I, I, I really like the way you guys highlight some of your highest profile people to help raise awareness. You guys have almost two arms to your foundation. One is fundraising, which is critical towards funding the research, but also raising awareness so people understand what we're dealing with and how 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 difficult cancer is to take care of. How do you guys raise awareness, not just fundraise, in terms of the ESPYs, all of these events? How important is that arm of the foundation? Oh my goodness, it's huge. The more people that know about the need, this urgent need for cancer research, the, the better. Uh, you know, through events and through people like you who are putting a spotlight on the need for cancer research is such a huge help. Uh, we try to share stories of cancer survivors frequently. We, we call them thrivers, you know, people who are not just living through a cancer diagnosis, but who are actually thriving by their attitude and by what they've gone through. And they share their stories with us and they share them as well. Um, we find these stories, well, they're relatable um, because they're real. And they help us get the word out about the importance of cancer research. One of our ambassadors I'll tell you about is Tom Vivert. He's an avid cyclist at 49 years old. He, was, he discovered he had stage four metastatic colon cancer. Uh, he went through two years of chemotherapy and radiation. And sure, his tumors shrank, but they always returned. And he was in an incredible amount of pain. And he was really running out of options. And his doctors recommended that he go through and have biomarker testing done which he did, and it flagged him for participation in a clinical trial for a new immunotherapy drug. Uh, it ended up saving his life. And wow. he rides in our victory ride every year, and um, he so graciously shares his story. In fact, he was helping us earlier this week with some media interviews and sharing his story with everybody. And I, I, I think talking about it, right, and talking about the importance of how people like Tom are alive today because of cancer research is so important. What a what a just just a truly you know inspirational story and yes. having people see that of course provides impetus for more awareness more fundraising, you know I, I think we we also touch base about it. One of the key parts of your foundation is you guys have these high profile athletes raising awareness, and I think athletes speaking about critical matters in society, whether it be racism or cancer awareness or what have you, I think it's it's critical. How, how, how important is it for you guys to have athletes at that level promote your mission? I think that's just such a key part to your success. It is, and, and you just said it. It's important for anybody who has that platform, who has that voice to use it for an important cause. It's a, a responsibility and it's a service to highlight areas like cancer research where we can all band together and have a significant impact on something that affects all of us, right? So having that voice and using it for something good is is so powerful and and we certainly appreciate all who do that for us how do you guys identify top projects you guys obviously get applications from probably hundreds of very qualified research projects maybe even thousands how do you identify the top ones and how do you decide 
who gets funded? Yeah, sure. So at different times throughout the year, we put out uh, RFAs, requests for applications, to the more than 70 NCIs or National Cancer Institute centers nationwide. Um, the applications are reviewed and scored by our scientific advisory committee and also a patient advocacy committee. And only the best, most promising projects we put forward for funding. And who, who's on your scientific um, advisory committee? I just I was looking through it, and it's a, it's an impressive list of people. But just if you can maybe give us a little background, who who's deciding which projects get funded? Yeah, sure. So our scientific advisory committee is made up of um, you know a whole group of people who are responsible for reviewing these applications and recommending the funding. It's comprised of some of the nation's leading physicians and research scientists from prominent universities and cancer centers across the nation. In fact, one of our committee members is Nancy Cousins, and she was recently named the American Association for Cancer um, Research President-Elect, and uh, we're so happy to have her on our board. Our SAC ensures that the proposals meet the highest standard of scientific merit and that funding is properly allocated to all the grant recipients that they get funding. It's um, a remarkable committee and the time that they spend to make sure that we are funding truly the best research projects. It's remarkable. Yeah, I'm sure they have to invest a lot of time reviewing. They do. They how, do. how competitive is the process? I mean, how many grants do you guys award per year, per month, and how many applications in general kind of estimated do you guys get? Yeah, sure. So I'm so glad you asked. It um, It's super competitive. And most people aren't aware of just how hard it is to be awarded a grant from the V Foundation. We start out by um, asking the more than more than 70 national cancer centers to submit one application. And we we put out these calls for applications at various times of the year based on whichever research we're funding at that time. Um, for example, pediatric applications are at a different time of the year than some of our other ones that we do. But we put the, put the call out to the NCIs. And this is where it starts. And the competition starts within each nationally cancer center. Um, they put out a call, right? So let's just say you're at Duke and you're a researcher at Duke. Well, Duke's going to put out a call for applications. And within Duke is going to be a competition for the best proposal to put forth to the V Foundation. And so if you take a look at each of these 70 centers, they're all doing similar type of competitions within their own centers for that internal uh, evaluation before it ever gets to the V Foundation. And Interesting. then our scientific advisory board takes a look at it and evaluates it. So, so you have to be at one of the 70 NCI designated cancer centers. That's number one. You have to be in a NCI designated yes. center. And each center only gets only gets one application. So yes. they have to pick the best one from each. That's right. Right. So it truly is the best of the best. Yeah. So you're looking at 70 top notch cream of the crop applications for those for those awardees. That's wow. That's very competitive. Yes. Very, very competitive. What um? So can someone apply without that or no? They, they have to be in that community and they have to receive that invite from you guys. It's not open to people who are not at NCI designated cancer centers. That's correct. They do have to go through their cancer center. Absolutely. And, and do you guys collaborate with other cancer foundations? Yeah, we do. Um, we partner with the Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation, 
Um, we're the grant-making arm for the KYAL Fund. We partner with Scott Hamilton Cares Foundation and, and so many others, right? We're all sharing this space together and working to help cancer research and, and uh, do the best we can to eradicate cancer. So we certainly do share that with other platforms as well. Yeah, I mean, because you can't do it alone. And no. I think the more that more that we collaborate, the more funds that are raised, the more the more you know awareness that's raised and the more progress we make. Uh, just looking at some of the numbers, which are truly mind blowing, $260 million in grants uh, over, and given to over 150 institutions. Are there any particular grants that you are most proud of? Are there anything that you guys are like, wow, that was really a groundbreaking research project that we were truly proud to fund? I do, yes, I have a couple to share with you today. Um, first, at the Mayo's Children's Clinic, uh, Dr. Jane Zhu, she's tackling neuroblastomas and she's using zebrafish to do so. She's studying the factors that cause onset and spread of the childhood cancer neuroblastoma. Her team is working to find drugs that can block the tumor development and the spread so we have better outcomes for children with this devastating cancer. And I, and I think it's so interesting that she's using zebrafish to help her in her research. Um, we have another one as, as well. Dr. Ewelina Bolkenfelis at the Jackson Laboratory in Bar Harbor, Maine. She's studying less invasive ways to preserve the eggs and ovaries of young girls during cancer treatment. Right now, the only way to do this is very invasive measures. And um, currently about 20% of the girls going through chemotherapy have a reduced egg supply and other infertility hormone problems later in life. Dr. Bolivinfikas, she's exploring the use of certain drugs to be given alongside of chemotherapy to protect the eggs from damage. And she's funded through our Thrivership Fund, which focuses on the need to help thrivers not just outlive their cancer diagnosis, right, but thrive after it. And with 17 million cancer survivors in the United States, that number is growing. So we're continuing to fund research with less debilitating side effects so people can live healthier, longer lives. And, and supporting research for our thrivers and, and going through that is really important for us as well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like quality of life is really a huge focus for you guys. And I think that's, you know, it really should be more about quality than quantity of life. Yes. Ideally both, uh, but quality of life certainly should be the biggest factor. And I'm glad you guys are taking that uh, into account. Um, I have to ask, uh, you know, as a neurosurgeon, do you guys have any groundbreaking brain cancer research that you fund? Of course we do. Um, yes. Let me tell you about the work of Dr. Pallavi Tuari at the Case Comprehensive Cancer Center in Ohio. Now, and you know this all too well, because of the aggressive nature of glioblastomas, patients have to follow up with MRI scans every three to six months, and um, they're checking for the recurrence. So unfortunately, this chemo radiation used to treat glioblastomas can cause tissue changes that look like a cancer on an MRI scan. And 20 to 30% of glioblastoma patients will require an invasive brain biopsy to find out if the tumor is cancer or not. Dr. Tawari and her team are working to address the challenge by using computer modeling and artificial intelligence to cre create some computational images um, that will help to to um, of the brain that will help like with computer modeling things so that you can tell the difference between tumor cells and benign radiation effects on MRI scans. And these maps, they can not only prevent unnecessary biopsies, but they can also reveal new details about the biology of the tumors. 
So she's also trying to create these brain maps, right, that surgeons can use to navigate the best locations for which to take your biopsies from. And this is one of the first clinical trials to use computer modeling for biopsy navigations in brain tumors. Wow, that would be great, because I know that, just like you said, that, that's a huge uh, dilemma when it comes to treating glioblastoma. There's definitely something called pseudoprogression, and you can't tell pseudoprogression versus real progression. Many patients end up getting a biopsy or another resection, and sometimes they didn't need it. So being able to tell that difference would be, would be amazing. So obviously, good luck in that research. Absolutely. Um, what, what would you say is the future of the V Foundation? Obviously, raising more money, raising awareness, but are there any bigger goals that you guys have in mind over the next five or 10 years? Well, we certainly want to fund more research and, and save more lives. That's the bottom line. Um, but I can tell you, we have a, a new CEO. His name is Shane Jacobson. He started in January, and he has big plans for growth, and we're excited to have him on board you know, we're going to keep funding science to accelerate victory over cancer and save more lives. So I, I think we have a lot of, of good things coming our way in this space. I mean, at the, at the pace you guys are growing, it's, it's shocking. And I, I, would not be, I would not be surprised if you guys become the biggest cancer foundation in the world relatively soon. So uh, obviously amazing things ahead. What can, uh, what can our viewers do to help? I mean, I'm assuming obviously donating is, is big and raising awareness. Is there anything in particular that you would advise our viewers who, who want to support cancer research, what they should do? Well, thank you for asking the question. Sure. We, we know there's so many worthwhile causes out there. But, you know, as Jim Valvano said, cancer research may save someone you love. And if you can, go to v.org. It's v.org. Make a donation today. You know, every penny of your donation goes to cancer research. If you have a certain hobby or whatever you're passionate about, you can raise cancer through that as well. You know, you can host a golf tournament or a tennis tournament with your friends or a backyard barbecue and do a fundraiser for cancer research at the Bee Foundation. We have so many ways that you can make it personal to whatever you're interested in, your passions, and raise money for the Bee Foundation for cancer research. Wonderful, wonderful message. Listen, Laura, uh, thank you for your time. It was wonderful talking to you today. Uh, congrats to you and all of your team for what you've done at the V Foundation. Really the role model for all cancer foundations, I would say, the way that you've grown so quickly, helped so many people. Um, and, you, you know, as, as a doctor, I'd like to say thank you for all the research that you're funding, because obviously that helps our patients. And again, congrats to all your accomplishments. Well, thank you for having me on today. And thank you for all the remarkable work that you're doing as well. I, I know our efforts are all for the same cause and thank you for that. We certainly have the highest respect for you and all that you're doing and really appreciate you having us on today. Absolutely, Laura. Take care and have a great afternoon. Thanks thank for joining you, us. Thank you, too. You bet. Bye-bye.